0: Welcome to the Artisan Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Cathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. My guest today is Daniel Zimmerman, an LA-based digital marketer who took a year sabbatical and went on a 50 state search for the perfect artisanal ice cream. In this quest, not only did he get to taste some spectacular ice cream, he also met some fantastic people along the way. Here he is today to talk about the lessons learned on this journey in pursuit of ice cream. Well, welcome Daniel, so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: So I know that you and uh, my colleague Laura had spoken at length about uh, your adventures recently, and I just found it fascinating, and I wanted to continue our conversation. Um, I think the audience will, you know, just find it really interesting to see what the journey that you took, the decisions that you've made to take the sabbatical and the lessons learned along the way. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us.
1: Absolutely. If there's anything that you know I could share with others, I would help them along their way and their own journey. I would be more than happy to do it. Um,
0: fabulous. Fabulous. Well, to give some context to the audience, you took a year sabbatical and you went on the pursuit of Tasting ice cream in all 50 states?
1: That is correct, yes.
0: So what inspired you?
1: So, uh, I mean, so there's like the, you know, common thing, like I've always had a love of ice cream. Um, But more specifically than that, it was more something like the fear of potential regret Um, This is, you know, everyone talks about, oh, I want to travel in my 20s. I want to, you know, explore the world. I want to do all these things. But really the idea of just always being talk and not actually falling through, that honestly scared me more than not doing it, which is kind of a strange way to think of it. Um, And really it was just something that I felt I was at that point in my life where I had some money saved up. You know, I didn't have any real responsibilities in terms of a mortgage, no kids, um, I still have metabolism, so I can just eat <laughs> loads Lucky of ice. <laughs> cream. I know, yeah, so like I had to do that while I was on the tail end of getting as much out of that metabolism as possible. So mm-hmm. really, it was kind of the perfect storm. Um, and I just saw this golden opportunity and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna follow through on this, you know not just talk about it, but actually do it. <sighs> so that, that was kind of the uh, onset initial inspiration.
0: How long have you had this idea that one day I'm going to do this ice cream adventure?
1: So it's always one of those, it was always kind of like a vague idea. I never really put like a a true concrete plan of, you know, going to road trip to all 50 states. Um, Mm -hmm. It was more along the lines of, you know, I've always had a love of ice cream. Um, You know, like I had been eating it like every day since a child. Um, July is national ice cream month. So starting in college, I would do this thing where, Every single day during the month of July, I'd try to find a different flavor of ice cream and then eat it and like write a tiny, you know, little review on it. And then like over the years, they just, the reviews got longer, the flavors got crazier and like, eventually people like you know like here are some other crazy things that you should do so they would start sending me links um someone sent me like there was an ice cream cleanse so which is like kind of like one of those juice cleanse things but with ice cream and you just eat ice cream for three days straight and it's like a special vegan ice cream but you like cleanse your body of cleanse your body of toxins and then you lose weight and I like and so I did it and I lost three pounds in three days and it was this this crazy thing and then like I said that just kinda of kept snowballing where people would send me other ice cream challenges around the country and so I just had this ongoing list of like cool places around the country that, you know, I was like, oh I, I gotta visit. Um mm-hmm. and then from there it, it just kinda of snowballed into like, well you know, I have like at least two dozen states I need to visit now. So, like, why don't I just knock out all 50? And I'm sure there's, like, a supposed best ice cream in every single state. And sure enough, there's all these different publications that have, you know, from, you know, Scoop Adventures to BuzzFeed to List to, uh, you know, I think PBS um, had one too, like, the supposed best ice cream in every state. So I literally just compiled all those lists together in a giant Excel sheet. And then that was kind of like my roadmap <laughs> of, like, all the places I need to hit up.
0: I love it. I love it. So you took your experience with data and you actually put it. To-
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. Did some yeah. Uh, Excel hotkeys there to compile lists.
0: <laughs> that is funny. Well, it's, I mean, it's clearly very strategic in terms of the how you were going to attack this plan.
1: Thank you, yeah. And like I said, it, it was something that... It, You know, there was a kernel that someone else sent into me, and then that somehow, you know, blossomed into something else entirely. So uh, it's not always, you know, to have the crystal clear vision, it's to being able to adapt along the way and let some, let a small idea grow into something bigger.
0: Nice. Love it. Love it. Um, Of course, I'm sure everybody asks you all the time what's your favorite flavor? What was your favorite place that you went?
1: Uh, As far as favorite flavor goes, I get asked that a lot. And my answer is always the same where I say there's no such thing. Uh, There's a time and a place for every flavor. So that's like my canned response. But, you know, and everyone hates that answer because, you know, you're supposed to have a favorite. But uh, if I think about it more, you know, cognitively, I think food tasting in general. And this is very much applies to ice cream that. Uh, it's not always just about objective criteria of, you know, this is like the best amount of milk fat ratio. This is, you know, you're supposed to have so many parts per million of, you know, like a Madagascar vanilla bean, whatever. Um, I, I think it's very much a social experience where, you know, eating with a friend, uh, you know, you eat it at a time, like on a hot summer day, you're eating it all these other situations that can, that impact how you taste it. So, Because it is so subjective, I I don't think there is an objective criteria of Mm -hmm. what can constitute as, like, a single greatest flavor, which is is something that I kind of knew beforehand, but at the same time, you know, I was like, maybe I could be proven wrong. Like, maybe there is a truly something that's, like, you know, transcendent will reach (laughs) Nirvana or something. But that wasn't the case.
0: (laughs) But you know it's also one of those foods that – you know, it triggers memories. It absolutely. triggers, you know, you, you remember your childhood. You remember, absolutely. yeah, it's just, just a comfort food, if you will.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. when I've been talking to other people about this and I ask them about some of their most cherished times eating ice cream, they usually like recall sometime when they ate with their grandparent, who's no longer here. You know, mm-hmm. they went up to like a farm by their place in some rural area and they say it was the best ice cream they ever had. and then, you know, I'm wondering, I was like, I'm kind of wondering, like, is it truly that great? Or is it the memory of, you know, spending with a loved one that is also what's impacting, you know, uh, some of those rosy tinted memories they have?
0: mm mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if you, if, I don't know if you have plans of you know, taking your ice cream adventure overseas for I have, a comparison, <laughs> right? I already,
1: oh, absolutely. Like, so I've, I had those ideas, like the second I finished the 50th state or even mm. beforehand, really. But uh, like similar to what I said beforehand, the, the original goal was just to hit all 50. And uh, I don't know necessarily that I would do the same intense traveling at that kind of breakneck speed that I did beforehand. Um, but you know, I definitely have plans to try ice cream all over the world because throughout oh this whole God. journey, like other people would reach out to me like, Hey, yeah, I stumbled across, you know, your social media or something like that from a picture of ice cream that you took. And it was like, we have good ice cream or, you know, gelato or custard or whatever in like all these other different countries. So I have invitations from India to Australia to Japan to, you know, England and beyond, to try all these different ice creams so the list is always growing
0: <laughs> wow fantastic yeah i'm uh, i'm originally uh, from iran and we have some really good persian ice cream here oh in la goodness. i don't know if you've tried it or not but i'll send you a couple of links of some places to go
1: definitely oh my gosh i mean uh specifically in Los Angeles, you know, saffron and rose ice cream. I love.
0: Yes. Their ice. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Uh, you know, I used to live a couple blocks from that uh, ice cream shop. So I, I've, I've been there a handful of times.
0: <laughs> All right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. They, uh, they, they make it certainly make it very unique. Um, absolutely. For me, obviously it reminds me of my childhood. So
1: absolutely. And you know, yeah. there, there's, I mean, like not just, you know, um, I do like this sharing of cultures, too, that, you know, you you can find it. It's not just in Los Angeles, where it's the only place you can find Persian ice cream, but, you know, just this idea of a different take on it. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's something that I think should be celebrated also, as far as, like, pushing the boundaries and not just staying within a comfort zone of, you know, your chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, again, here in in LA, we have such a variety of Mexican ice creams, which are so delicious
1: absolutely i was just going to say like there, like it's surprising like where you have you you think like such a vibrant you know latino population in southern california and then also like i'm thinking about like other latino populations around the country like miami florida has you know a lot of good cuban uh ice Mm. creams and uh you know also like some inspiration from like uh latin america to like south america too like with some of their guava with um, this type of like almost like a Biscoff cookie. It's like they're called Maria cookies, but uh, it's kind of <coughs> like a, a Biscoff cookie, but it's huge in, in those areas. And when it was brought to Miami, like it became the number one seller of the, at this one uh, ice cream shop in Miami. So it, it's crazy how it's literally, you know, like exporting uh, flavors to other areas and kind of expand the prices. And then they perform really well, which is always like exciting to see
0: Hmm. so ice cream almost at the intersection of cultures and how it brings it all together
1: absolutely that that is a great way to phrase it um just because in my personal experience i haven't met a single person who doesn't like ice cream um (laughs) i mean i think even people that are lactose intolerant they like the the idea of ice cream and Mm -hmm. they're just maybe a little sad that it doesn't agree with them in their digestive tract
0: yeah (laughs) Or they have lactate pills to take, so they exactly. can have ice cream. Yeah, they
1: yeah. will suffer through it. For <laughs> there you go,
0: <laughs> there you go. So true. So I know that part of uh, kind of the this journey that you've taken, because um, mm-hmm. I know that you're in to have an idea to write a book. It's really about the people and the cultures that you came into contact with. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, so when I first started the journey, you know, I had a fixed budget set aside for all my room board, ice cream, travel expenses, what have you. And then while traveling, um, I found out about this, uh, platform called Couchsurfing, where literally it's an online community, you know, there's an app for it. And then you can, uh, pretty much search within a city and see if someone might be willing to let you sleep on their couch for free. And mm-hmm. it's, it's an amazing thing. And it's not just about, you know, getting a free place to stay. Um, it's, you know, about, pretty much exactly what we were talking about as far as that exchange of cultures and ideas and, you know, stories and just sharing moments with other people. And it, it's something that I didn't think of at all at the onset. Mm-hmm. Um, and But similarly, you know, when you kind of keep that open mind, there was like a seed that was planted and that bloomed into something incredible. Um, and just the idea of when I started, you know, couch surfing, staying with all these people, I would try to learn, you know, things from their perspective, and it was just to say life changing would be an understatement. You know, it, okay. it, oh, absolutely. You know, it, as far as I think, one, you know, your empathy just goes through the roof because mm-hmm. you realize, you know, we're all people. We kind of going outside your bubble comfort zone. You can take on new perspectives. You can learn. You can grow there's so many different things, you know, so many different byproducts that come of from these types of travel stories and experiences. Um, and so much so that, you know, like there were there were times when, you know, I, I would I try to talk about like all the things that I learned along the way. Sometimes there are, you know, uh, definitely. I think there might be some more overarching things in terms of like hope of humanity or, you know, like some other really big lofty ideals. And then sometimes it's just a really cool story about, you know, like someone that, I don't know, they – so one guy, he literally – Forrest Gump did and ran from Los Angeles to Miami oh in like a hundred days. Like, so that's like over a marathon a day pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so he just has a really wow. cool story. Mm-hmm. And you know so I stayed with him and, and I, I learned about all the crazy things he's doing. And I don't know, he's just a really interesting character. So Yeah, I mean, th- so that's kind of, I'd say, some of their stories and, and maybe how sometimes how they've changed my perspective on things is kind of what the book is trying to be about.
0: But how amazing, uh, almost a serendipity here, where you're doing a 50 state pursuit and then you meet someone who's doing their own 50 state pursuit of something different.
1: Absolutely. No, But you have that is,
0: common denominator.
1: It is interesting, too, when you just, because I mean, within the 50 states, it's the cities. So basically, when they're doing their own 50 state adventure, it's like, oh, are, which are the cities that are overlapping? Like, yeah. What are the ones that, you know, may have a specialty in one area but may not as much in another? Um, so it, it's, it's definitely interesting. And then we talk about like, I don't know, sometimes it, it, in couch surfing, at least how it, if there's a chance, Hey, we happened to stay at the same, we slept on the same couch pretty much no uh, just by pure coincidence. <laughs> and yeah, so it, there, there are those kinds of moments too, that are always just kind of fun or coincidences, I guess.
0: Yeah. So I know that you are very strategic and, you know, in your professional life, uh, an accountant an account manager and you know, you look at data and all of that. Did you, did you take that approach into deciding where, whose couch you were going to be staying at?
1: Yes. And less than yes. Um, I mean, so I, I would say it's not as much data more about just research um, in general. Mm-hmm. So basically everyone on couch surfing, they fill out a profile, they talk about themselves. They have to, uh, you know, in terms of you, you try to, Talk about some of your interests so that you might have like common denominators, things to talk about, what have you. Um, So basically, it I would say I took some of the research approach that I would do when I was in account management with clients, um, and then you know tailor messages uh, to like outreach, like hey, I noticed you know we both have the same favorite movie, what have you, Um, Mm. and and then you know you kind of use that to bridge any gap when doing outreach. Um, it is in some ways like sales a little bit. So, you know, you can't just have, you know, just, a. it's not necessarily like an email blast where you're okay. doing it all out. I'd say it's, it's closer to one-on-one sales where you really kind of want to tailor it to them to have the highest success rate. So there, there is, uh, some of that type of, of account management in it as well. Um,
0: very relationship driven.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Got, it. got it. And, and kind of. Through this, you know, as you get more experience, you like, you notice things that might be more effective of picking out as far as things that they've had interest in or places they've traveled to or, or things that you can, like, show interest in that you would get a higher response rate from. Mm-hmm. than maybe someone might be slightly more generic.
0: Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Love it. What uh, surprised you in this pursuit?
1: Uh, I mean, aside from the the people, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously a big one. Um I would say, oh man, I was surprised a lot. So <laughs> I feel I felt <laughs> like it mean, changed with just more wide than 50 eyes.
0: Times. Yeah. I
1: know, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Just because, I mean, in terms of ice cream, like I was definitely surprised at like some of the crazy flavors that people are coming up with around the country. You know, we talked. I, I we talked a little bit about um, saffron rose Persian ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that common. So. Uh, I mean, that is is, is something slightly more unusual and out there. But also, there'd be other places like, uh, you know, there's this place, I forget the town, but they were right on the border between New Hampshire and Vermont, and they had like a peanut butter curry ice cream, which is (laughs) really crazy to think about, but also like surprisingly delicious. Like it has a nice nutty base with like a little curry kick at the end. So, uh, I mean, or, you know, um, there was, I had, like, uh, in Portland, Oregon, there was a pear and blue cheese ice cream, which is, like, really strange wow. to think about. But mm-hmm. it ends up tasting like, you know, a, a pear cheesecake of sorts. And he's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so you
0: have it on the salad, right? You have pear. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. So. I'll take my salad with a side <laughs> order of ice cream, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Fascinating absolutely so like you know I was surprised in those regards and then like I was talking about like all the people surprised me and how much I learned there um and and then I also was surprised at like how in some ways I was able to travel fairly inexpensively but the other time there were other things I thought would be inexpensive to travel but ended up costing surprisingly more than I had anticipated so so things just like booking you know The romanticized idea of booking a train across the country or something Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that—like those are like surprisingly more expensive than like renting a car. Sometimes (laughs) you're like, really? Um, A a train ticket is, you know, sometimes like equal parts as far as like a plane, just based on like the number of stops you do. Um, Or you know, buses are always the cheapest, but there's like all these other things to to think
0: about. Ah, okay. So in my mind, I, I guess I assumed, um, you know, incorrectly, I assumed this was a driving trip, but not okay. necessarily. It was a plane, trains, and automobiles trip for you?
1: Absolutely. Oh, okay. I mean, I think I took just about every form of transportation. Uh, I did take a ferry to an island, so that includes uh, boats as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess yeah, so if so. you wanted to make it to Alaska,
0: you would have needed to <laughs> somehow.
1: Well. That one was that was a plane. Um, plane. So (laughs) uh, yeah, that one wasn't as connected. But uh, there there was an island just off the coast of of, um, one of the states in Washington. So then Mm -hmm. we went there and uh, had to take a ferry to get there. But the idea of uh, I I would often what I would do is you know uh, I would do a go out on multiple legs. I would say where I would do a loop of you know handful of states and then maybe like return to like Los Angeles for like a week or two just to like kind of get my bearings a little bit. Uh, you know okay. train like that does drain you a little bit when you're just on the road yeah. for you know months on end. so even though it was a full year of traveling there it was broken up into like small sets
0: yeah living out of the suitcase i would imagine after all those months
1: um, yeah yeah you you could do that for a while yeah. but there is is something nice about you know having a, a home base of sorts you know um a nice bed <laughs> to crash
0: yeah on. <laughs> and did you continue all this adventure via your blog so that others could follow you
1: uh, absolutely. Um, well, so the blog is specifically dedicated just to the ice cream flavors. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, like I said, I'm really just, uh, trying to currently still reach out to like some of the people I stayed with, try to like put, you know, a fine point on some of the things we talked about. Um, and then hopefully get that into a book. It is definitely not an easy, uh, task. Um, yes. I, 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 I don't know whether or not I overestimated or underestimated the difficulty of it, but uh, it it is certainly I'm still trying to work through and, you know, I, I do have the discipline and dedication to uh, overcome it. I just don't know exactly how long it will be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Got it. But in terms of how you documented it along the way, uh, were you just journaling every every day? Yeah. Or?
1: Um, not every day, uh, but, you know, definitely when something noteworthy happened, I, I you know, always had... Um, Whenever I got internet access, I had an ongoing just uh, online document that just literally has, you know, dozens of scores probably of single typed, single space Mm type pages worth of notes from interesting things that happened or what have you. And then I have like actual journals filled with like ice cream notes based on like the flavor and like texture, composition, all that kind of stuff.
0: And then you came back and uh, do, started working uh, with an ice cream shop, or was that concurrent? Yeah,
1: so that time? was um, so I took the year long uh, journey around all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of that, uh, someone kind of planned the idea, like another seed of an idea in terms of should you open up your own ice cream shop now that you've had all these good things? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting idea. Like maybe I should probably, maybe I'll do a little research into that, um, be very thoughtful in terms of that approach so really what i want to do is like learn you know how these the best places that i went to around the country how do they do it so i reached out to like a handful or two of the best ice cream shops i visited mm-hmm. and asked if they would want to take it on an apprentice so uh there, there was a oh gosh, an I ice this. cream shop up in maine that was like yeah coming up to maine like we'll make ice cream for a season it'll be awesome i can teach you all about that and so that's what I did. I, I then, after that, road trip back from Los Angeles to Maine
0: mm-hmm.
1: to uh, live there for like six to eight months um, and then learned everything about ice cream making, running a business, all that good stuff. So, it, And at the same time, they were benefiting from me in terms of digital marketing, account management, some of those other skills that I had had in you know, um, the more previous corporate life. So we were both benefiting from this uh, apprenticeship.
0: And then... Are you thinking of foreign into entrepreneurship with your own ice cream business?
1: That is a great question. And the answer is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so glad I did this, you know, like data mining uh, apprenticeship to learn about it and then realize that I don't necessarily want to open up my own shop. <laughs> I'm glad I, I did that as opposed to having, you know, opening up my own shop and doing the very costly mistake of, yeah. <laughs> of learning that the hard way. So, yeah. um, there is, I still love ice cream, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can make some pretty good ice cream now I have the, the skills to do it. But as far as, you know, um, opening up my own business, uh, there's, there's like a handful of reasons why I, I came to that conclusion, but uh, I decided against opening up my own.
0: Well, you'll get to now do it for the love and the passion of it versus
1: Absolutely for the
0: profession of it, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Good, good, good. Um, one uh, final question, I want to kind of bring it back to where you are now in your career and really talk about the concept of discipline. I know it's something that you had mentioned earlier when we were talking about innovation and creativity and you kind of brought it back to, you know, how discipline is really where you have focused and that's really the differentiator for you
1: yeah no absolutely i mean discipline is is so important in that i mean there were times i mean there's so many different aspects where the discipline comes involved one in terms of even when i was on my journey like i as much as it is a fantastic idea to talk about you know all the amazing experiences that I had traveling and eating ice cream and, you know, doing whatever, it, I would be, I would be lying if I said there weren't, you know, some tough times. Mm -hmm. Um, there weren't some times when I had doubts. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, you know, when you kind of trust in the process a little bit, um, you know, even if you're having a less than great day, what have you, uh, continue pushing forward Mm -hmm. and, you know, having that discipline resolve to, Kind of go through with what you set out to do um you know just just the idea of uh just traveling alone for you know extended periods of time like when i first started out i didn't i mean i wasn't a great traveler you know i talked about traveling i hadn't really done it much alone mm. so then the idea of being alone in a foreign place before i found couch surfing and i had no idea what i was doing And, you know, there are times when you get lonely or scared, like, is this whole thing going to work out? So, but, you know, persevering through that, like keeping the discipline and then again, life-changing experience. Um, And then discipline in terms of, you know, career focus, like definitely uh, seeing something through to the end. Um, I'd say that, you know, inspiration is well and good. Um, Mm -hmm. It can provide, you know, momentary energy. um, But. Discipline is what you always kind of need to fall back on um, and just kind of knowing, forcing yourself even when, you know, it might be a little bit tough um, because then inspiration usually comes again after that, you know, um, it's it kind of ebbs and flows. It's not always just, you know, the creative drive juices pushing everything forward. There, there is something that should, could be said of trusting in the process and pushing through some of the tougher times mm-hmm. too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, quotes, I actually have it up on my wall, uh, it's a Stephen Covey uh, quote, and it just says, make and keep commitments to yourself.
1: And that is a great That quote. is
0: so true, right? It's just so true, because that's where the discipline comes into play, is it, to not only make them, because mm-hmm. they sound great, but actually mm-hmm. keep them. And, and,
1: and I Steve love me. the part where it says, to yourself, yeah. too, because, you know... It, it, Sure, we want to make sure we aren't letting others down, but you don't want to let yourself down either. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's really, uh, I think, finding that internal uh, motivation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, I can't wait until you get an opportunity to sit down and write Cream of the Couch. Uh, thank I you. can't wait to thank read you. it. Uh, it sounds like a fascinating, fascinating journey. And uh, thank you for taking us along.
1: Absolutely. Glad to be here.
0: All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I really appreciate your time this morning.
1: Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, too.
0: Thank you so much. That was Daniel Zimmerman sharing his story of the pursuit of the perfect ice cream. You can follow his uh, blog called The King of Ice Cream or follow him on Instagram with at King of Ice Cream and learn more about this unforgettable journey that he was on and everything that he's learned along the way. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruitment firm specializing in creative, marketing, and digital talent. You can find us online at artisancreative.com or via social channels at Artisan Creative. We look forward to connecting.